What's up, what's up? It's your girl, DJ Nark. I am sitting in the pouring rain on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. It seems fitting that we would be doing the Water Crystal podcast and getting into cymatics as I sit here in a vehicle that is mainly glass but also steel with water just pouring down, as you can hear. Uh, I love glass. I love water. Those two things uh, and light, the three of them, comprise most of what I obsess about. And so to be able to sit here in the very gray morning light uh, watching this extreme rain, these big drops just pour across this windshield um, is delightful. But uh, I think it is something about water in general that is delightful. And it goes back much farther than us thinking that it's the source of life and knowing that it is what is responsible for life. I think on an instinctual level, back in the mystical days we knew that water was an interplay with consciousness. At least that is the conclusion that I've come to over the past, I don't know, 20 years of thinking about this. Now, starting off from that premise, I was able to easily find proof that that's indeed what it was. But it took me a while to see every side of it. Um, There were a lot of things that didn't make much sense, like homeopathic medicine until you take into account that water is conscious, that water reacts to your consciousness and changes shape depending on your consciousness. So those are really, really radical concepts and I'm sorry to throw them out there in the first two minutes like this. But as you can hear from the sirens and from the pouring rain, the energy is super, super intense. Mars and Aries is just not a joke. Like, I thought I was going to get out, you know? I thought I was going to ride this out, not do anything stupid, not do anything um, rash. (laughs) Too late. (laughs) Nope. Uh, No one gets away. Mars and Aries, no one gets away. (laughs) So, jumping right in is the way we got to do it because that's the energy we're dealing with right now. So what is cymatics? What am I talking about? What's with this water interplay with consciousness? Like all of this is just sounds like big words strung together, right? But what does it mean? Okay, let's start off really simple. So if you watched the Nassim Haramay eight-hour lecture, you have some concept of the fact that the vacuum, the void, space, whatever you want to call it, empty space, has a geometric structure. Nassim has worked on this for a really, really long time and was able through determination and consistent hard work um, and just this expansive mind that's like, you know, I think it's like he has four planets in Scorpio or seven, just this mind that is able to delve into the minutia of the minutia of the thing. He discovered that the vacuum actually has a shape and it's the same shape that is referred to in the first uh, in the Old Testament 
as the tetragrammaton or the name that's given to God. Uh, tetragrammaton also being a shape, a geometric shape. So he was able through his studies to discover not only that empty space, the vacuum, the void from which everything comes, that empty black space of manifestation that we dive into behind the valves of the heart, that space has a geometric structure. Now, what is that structure? That structure is the one that you see on the vector heart sweatshirt. That's the name of the book. That's the vector equilibrium. The vector equilibrium is the geometric shape of the vacuum, of the place of pure creation, pure manifestation, the blackness of the void where all things can arise, right? Okay, so now we go from there, what we've learned present day about how the vacuum behaves, because once you know the shape, then you know a few other things too, right? You can get a sense of its behavior, how it interacts, why it interacts. So If you now retrofit, if you go back now and look from this point of insight into history, you find that there are cultures all over the world who knew that this was the shape of the vacuum and were very clear about incorporating it in their architecture, in their holy sites, uh, especially in their holy sites, especially in their temples. You see sacred geometry all over the Muslim world um, because because the Muslim world couldn't recreate statues, right? So sacred geometry was the go-to in terms of wanting an aesthetic. But what you find if you delve deeper into the ancient civilizations that use these symbols, the modern civilizations that continue to use these symbols, what you find is a highly sophisticated level of knowledge of the occult. So geometric shapes, the shape of the vacuum, sacred geometry, uh, the architecture of temples and religious sites, and the occult mysticism, uh, everything from Santeria on down, religion, you find that they all converge on this idea of there being these shapes. Okay, it, because because what we're talking about, of course, it would cross all these different genres because it is the basic, the basis of from what all other shapes arise, right? From what all other shapes are possible. Now, <clears throat> once we can acknowledge and work off the foundational knowledge of, okay, There are these sacred geometric shapes. We see these patterns again and again uh, in several places. So this is giving me the credibility along with the ancient civilizations using them uh, to to, to something to stand on and say, okay, this seems this seems credible, but maybe you need more. Okay, maybe you're like, "Eh, okay, so what? Some civilizations came up with the same star tetrahedron. Got it. So what? Okay, people know what the Markaba is. Okay, so what? Like that doesn't really prove anything to me. Okay, well, here's where cymatics comes in. Here's where the phi ratio comes in. Here's where nature comes in. Because whenever you have an argument of any kind with someone that nature can disprove just by being itself, just by doing what nature does, that's the easiest argument to use, right? Like, so, so for example, just to be real, real petty, 
There's a lot of talk about me having gotten like a nose job or other surgery or whatever. Okay, but I have receipts. I have a son, mashallah, that looks just like me right nature you can't fight nature you can't you can't tell me i look the way i look because i got work done if i've got mashallah an 11 year old running around with the same face you know what i'm saying nature the receipts that nature gives you are the best receipts is what i'm trying to say so let's look for some receipts now in nature we find a couple of things that are just staggering uh one everything seems to grow at the same frequency two Things seem to grow in the same shapes. There is a Fibonacci sequence and a phi ratio according to which uh, snails grow their shells and uh, waves roll and sunflowers grow and grass uh, spirals out of the ground. It's the same ratio at which your hair spirals out of your scalp. Um... Okay, Uh, and and we're going to talk about hair. We're going to talk about hair and spirals and all that in a minute. But just just hold that. Hold that thought. Uh, So we are as well, you know, from our fingerprints uh, to the swirl of our hair, we are as well an embodiment, a manifestation of this phi ratio. Okay, so that's one proof that you see it all through nature, throughout all of the animal kingdom you find this same ratio uh in the proportions of our hands to our fingers to our torsos in the proportions of flowers and everything everything that you can think of follows a phi ratio even things that you wouldn't think of even the uh the orbit of certain things like it's like it's from big to small it's fractal it's fractal is what it is so what we can discern from this is that the phi ratio the fractality of it is what creates us so there is this overarching mathematical um uh yeah ratio right and 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 from it descends everything that we call matter and creation in this particular simulation in this particular construct that we're in right so it's probably on the outside is probably called something like the phi simulation Right. Let's see what happens if you have everything in a certain simulation grow with mammals and blah, blah, blah. Actually, with with just amoeba, let's say with just single celled organisms. What happens if you introduce a simulation that the frequency of it is the phi ratio? What happens to that single cell amoeba and where does it go from there? And I think I'm, I'm presuming here, but it looks like, again, if you're retroactively like looking back at this and trying to reverse engineer it, it look, which is, which is all we can really do, right? It looks like, um, everything that has come from that point forward has been because we follow this very strict math. Okay. Now, uh, let's look for some more proof. Okay, because because although that is very compelling on its own, uh, still there is more proof to be had. I feel like an infomercial guy right now. You know, God bless his soul. That guy that died because he got hit in the head with the suitcase. Billy Mays. Wait, there's more. Uh, But wait, there's more. The OxyClean guy. Oh, so just be careful when you guys are getting on and off planes. So many people have like embolisms and aneurysms and shit because they get hit in the head by some asshole putting his luggage in the overhead like you should see me when people are like standing above me or trying to put something in overhead like the look on my face like my eyes are locked my eyes are locked on you i am like 
I'm giving you like the hood stare. Like I will get up in a fucking heartbeat. Like just be real careful what the fuck you're doing right now. Anyway. So wait, there's more. <laughs> that that was the whole point of that. But wait, there's more. Um, so we also find that these shapes, this ratio is expressed in places that we thought were perhaps too small for this sort of expression. I mean, it's one thing to be like, oh, wow, it's really cool. A sunflower, you know, follows the phi ratio. Oh, really cool. A nautilus shell follows the phi ratio. Hey, cool. It's the way a wave spirals. Hey, cool. Like, that's really cool. That's really great, right? But we're still talking basically macro level. If something is fractal, you'd be able to see it all the way down, right? That's why we think it's like so cute when they show us like animals doing human things, like ants sitting at the picnic, like eating, you know, with napkins and plates and stuff. That's adorable to us because it's fractal, right? So we, if we were looking at this from a purely scientific standpoint, we would say, well, if it doesn't follow you know, this pattern all the way down into the minutiae, then it's not, then it's not accurate. Then it's not, you know, this overarching set of directions, like, like we're presuming that it is well, but it does. So one of the smallest shapes that we can find is snowflakes, right? Or water that has been frozen and put under a microscope because when it freezes, it freezes in certain shapes. Okay, perfect. So now we're going to tie together two things. We're going to tie together the idea of sacred geometry and there being sacred shapes, which I'm not done with, right? And this idea of water being an interplay between your consciousness and the greater consciousness. So water really in this scenario being this holy source uh, that is sentient, it is aware, and it is basically your life energy it is the chi of this planet okay uh so here now let's combine these two things we find that naturally shapes occur within snowflakes within water that is frozen like naturally shapes occur basically anywhere the interesting thing about the shapes that occur within frozen water is that they change shape depending on how the water is treated. Now, what do I mean by how the water is treated? Again, that's why I needed to prep this with thinking of water as a sentient being, as a thinking, living thing, right? So <clears throat> there is a doctor, there was a doctor, rest his soul, Masuru Emoto, a Japanese doctor who started off doing experiments to prove to the Japanese government that the way that child rearing was going in Japan was uh, not very good for the children. And he focused a lot on showing that neglect is a lot more dangerous than even uh, abuse, which sounds weird, but he did these experiments to prove what he was talking about and his experiments were done under the premise of water can communicate water communicates with people um and you can communicate with it and so it is not essentially you that's communicating with the outside world but the water in your system that's reacting to the vibes around you and the water in your system when it reacts to the vibes around you creates a certain structure within itself and that structure in effect 
uh, rules your structure, rules your health, rules the outside structure of your physical self, and also plays a huge part in how you therefore manifest your version of the simulation. So down the rabbit hole we go. One of the first experiments he did was the same thing. I think I've mentioned this before about showing the Japanese government where the holes were in their parenting in what was considered acceptable, uh, culturally acceptable Japanese parenting. So he did an experiment with three vials of like beakers, glass beakers of cooked rice with a little bit of water in each one. Uh, he put them all on a mantel place in his living room and every day he would wa- walk up to one particular one of them Uh, that he had decided this is the one he was going to be nice to and he would say very very nice things to the rice the water in the rice the the rice in the water Uh, like you know you're doing so well I noticed you did this today I noticed you did that I'm so proud of you I love you so much Uh, uh, uh. then he would go to the next one and he would say oh you're just a horrible person and you know you're such a disappointment and I'm just I've never been able to be proud of you and I just wish you weren't here and la 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 And then he would walk by the third vial as if it wasn't there. Now, after a few weeks, something really interesting happened. The first vial was fermenting pleasantly. There was a pleasant smell of fermentation coming from it, like like it tasted like something good. That was the one that he had been really nice to. The second vial had some bacteria and rot floating around on the top of it and had started to decay you know there was like mold and stuff on it the third one that he had said nothing to at all was a black sludge you couldn't see the water and you couldn't see the rice it had turned into like tar and he used this experiment to explain to the Japanese government that neglect was far, far more toxic and far, far more painful for children than even being told really terrible things. Because even being told really terrible things was still giving you a certain amount of attention. And he also proved, perhaps unknowingly at the time, that water could feel ignored that water had feelings and it was feeling ignored that uh, neglecting the third one meaning not saying anything at all not even acknowledging it ex- its existence that ultimately made the water turn on itself made the water turn on the rice and make the entire thing toxic so that's where he started From there, it was just a hop, skip, and a jump to basically changing the world. Anytime you come across anyone who's even semi-fucking woke, you're going to hear about Masuru Emoto and about the water crystals because it's revolutionary. It changed things. Um, Up until now, it was all about us saying, but it's the vibes, man, but it's the vibes, man, and people telling us to go fuck ourselves because we're stupid. Uh, But, you know, it is really the vibes, man. And Dr. Emoto was able to prove that when we say that, we actually mean something that's quantifiable. So from these experiments, he went on to do experiments where he would take vials of water and he would label them with different things. He would put a label on one that said, I love you, a label on another that said, thank you, a label on another that said, I hate you, a label on another that said, I want to kill you. 
And after a week or so, he would freeze the water and under a microscope, he would check out the crystals that they formed. Immediately, he realized that he was on to something groundbreaking because it was uncanny. The shapes of the water, the little microscopic snowflakes in the water that was marked, I love you, were beautiful by any standard symmetrical aesthetic, you know, uh, definition. They were like perfect snowflakes. They were really beautiful, intricate even. Uh, Thank you was even more beautiful. Wide expanse in the middle, beautiful, looked like jewelry. I want to kill you didn't look like anything under the microscope. It looked like an oil sludge. I hate you looked even worse. There were spots of what looked like um, mold in the water. So this is on a microscopic level. Now from there, again, once you get that kind of discovery, uh, you're just going to keep rolling with it, right? Because why not? So from there, he went on to do more complex experiments that had to do with what we think, how we think, and how we speak to each other and how it affects the water in our body. And through these experiments, what he and, and, and his experiments are vast, uh, there are, they are numerous, and you should absolutely look into them. It's fascinating. But what he was ultimately able to prove uh, pretty easily, actually, was that the water was reacting. And consciousness is reacting. And perhaps it is the water within us that is the consciousness that is reacting. Uh, science has been looking for the seat of consciousness for a very long time. And I don't think it's occurred to them yet that perhaps it is the water running through our blood that is alive and conscious and speaks to the rest of the water around. And and that is actually the seat of consciousness. Um, But okay. (laughs) So the water in your body reacts to what is written on your body and what is said to your body just like the water in other people's body reacts to what is said to them or what is written on them just like the water in your water bottle or in your water pitcher reacts to what is written on it or who touches it and gives it what energy okay this is where the concept from of holy water comes from actually it goes even further back than that because ultimately you're talking about the use of the ark of the covenant and water is water was the substance that was needed to make the ark work it was the medium through which the ark worked in the back of the temple of solomon were what was called the little sea where the water that was used for the Ark of the Covenant was kept and people would come and take water from there because it would cure their ills. It would make their crops grow faster. So they would charge the water with the Ark of the Covenant and then they would flood the fields with it and they would have these enormous yields. So holy water ultimately comes from this idea of the water being in the presence of, in in the case of Jerusalem, the Ark of the Covenant, a life energy right? A life energy machine. In most cultures where you find pyramids, you will find water nearby or they were made in the water and the water has dissipated over time. 
So again, a huge connection between even Judeo-Christian religion and what we think of as God and water. It's there. Water being the medium. Okay. So holy water is something that Dr. Emoto also explored. Taking water from a reservoir, a Tokyo drinking water reservoir, uh, freezing it, looking at the crystals, and there were none. It looked horrendous. Again, it looked like a rainbow oil spill or something, like an oil slick. And then doing a Japanese blessing prayer over the water and testing the crystals again and having them look absolutely beautiful. Same water, same place, same time, just with a different intention. And so we get to the crux of the matter. Water reading your intention. Now, if we look at something like the secret life of plants, you see that the plants react to intention. When that FBI guy with his lie detecting machine hooks it up to his house plant and the house plant registers when the guy thinks, hmm, maybe I can get the plant to react by dipping its leaf in this hot coffee I have here, the lie detector goes off the charts right the the needles go off the charts because the plant not heard him okay because that's such like a human way to think of it but it reacted to the intentionality of the water in his body the water in the body of the plant reacted to it and knew it okay water is telepathic is what i'm trying to get to Water is a sentient, conscious thing that lives in you and around you. And it is aware. It knows what's going on. It changes shape according to whatever shape the vacuum is in around you. Okay, that's the point we need to get to. So we're talking fractal, right? So if somebody writes on a, on a jar, I love you, and you put water in it, we know what I love you is. We know what love means. We know what kind of a concept, what kind of a power it has, what kind of a hollowed place it has amongst all the other emotions and all the other things that can happen in the world. It's a very powerful concept and it's something we all agree on universally. Yes. For example, the love of a mother. Okay. Now you're going to take all of that and you're going to place that, all of that, right? Everything referential that the vacuum can think up that means love. I love you. And it's going to pour into, right? Like attracts like. It's going to pour into that water. And that water's water crystals, that water structure, as it interacts with the vacuum, as it interacts with the void, that water is going to change structure to match what is being told to it, what is being programmed into it. Now, you take this water and you drink it. And now you have, if we are looking under Dr. Emoto's microscope, these gorgeous water crystals all through your body. And what they do is, now there's a really fascinating documentary about water. It's a Russian documentary on YouTube. It's pretty easy to find. And what they're able to prove is that if you take, for example, normal tap water and you take blessed water in the documentary, they take water from an Eastern Orthodox, uh, Greek Orthodox church. Uh, they're big into blessing water in a certain way and uh, they, they believe in it very much. So do Muslims, so do Christians, everyone does. Um, and they take a few drops of that holy water 
and they put it into the tap water, okay? And then they look at the crystals in the tap water and the tap water changes to reflect the crystal structure of the blessed water. So programmed water is stronger than non-programmed water. So this is where, for example, if you grew up in a Muslim household or a Hindu household and they gave you blessed water to drink, they would take a little bit of the blessed water and just pour it into your cup, into where your water was. And you're like, okay, but this isn't the same thing. And and my mom would be like, yes, it is the same thing. Now all that water is blessed. Drink it. You see what I'm saying? So uh, when I first found out about this, my mind was blown because we've been growing up you know, this is just a mainstay in our house that there's this one glass of water that my mom always has by her bed and um, it's just always blessed water and she's always making you drink out of it. Always. Like the woman is just like a constant, like since we were little kids and we always thought it was so weird. Like it's like, you know, these things that you don't tell anybody like, yeah, in my house, my mom be doing this thing where she blesses the water in this like weird way and she, she forces us to drink it. Like it was just kind of bizarre, you know, and then started learning about this stuff like so much later in life and being like oh shit mom like did you know about this and this and this and she's looking at me with like the face like get the fuck out of here of course i fucking knew what the fuck do you think i was doing all these years just being a fucking psycho like of course i fucking knew anyway so you take the holy water and you put a little bit of it with the normal tap water and the tap water turns the, the water crystals within the tap water turn into these gorgeous, beautiful, clean, easy shapes like the blessed water. So now let's go back to our example. You have this picture on, on, on it. I, it says, I love you. OK, so now the water crystals in that water are gorgeous. You can look them up. You can look up what I love you, the shape it gives you. The shape is beautiful. So you've got these beautiful, beautiful, beautiful crystals in this water. This water is happy. This water is love. This water is pulling out of the fractal universe everything that is associated with love. You know, if you put on their unconditional love, oh, Lord, you know what I'm saying? And then you drink it. You drink little bits of it. And as you drink this water, the water in your body will change because this is programmed water. You have given this water specific instructions over and over and over again by letting it sit in that thing. This should also give you some idea, air signs, open your ears as to how important words are. Now, how do we program our own water? This is why I'm always talking about not having an internal dialogue. You see how important it is to be fucking quiet in your head and just shut the fuck up and not be thinking things. Thinking things is talking to yourself in your head, right? Stop fucking doing it because what you're doing is you're programming the water in your body. And God forbid, you know, some of the things you guys think like, honestly, it terrifies me. Like, I don't even know how else to put it. Honestly, some of the shit you guys think about yourselves scares the fucking shit out of me. Like, how could you ever think that about yourself? I couldn't think that about a stranger. You know what I mean? Like, I couldn't I couldn't think that way about somebody. But like, y'all be like beating the shit out of yourselves over some dumb shit. Like, honestly, over nothing. Like, I know girls who really beat themselves up for not looking a certain way, right? But like, ultimately, you're being so unkind to yourself. Like, that's, that's where I always get stuck. Is that when you start being unkind to yourself because of anyone else's anything, you've already lost the game. Wasn't the game first and foremost to be happy? And everything else comes from that? 
right? Like if I need somebody's approval to be happy, haven't I already put the cart in front of the horse? Like the whole point was for me to be happy first, right? And then everything else. But if I'm not happy because someone else isn't happy, then I've completely lost sight of the game already. Who gives a fuck if this other person's not happy? If I have to change something, you see what I'm saying? If I have to change what makes me happy (laughs) for somebody else, what the fuck is that? Now I sound like that, that Eartha Kitt thing where she's like, compromise? What do you mean compromise? But she's right. What the fuck you mean compromise? Like, I don't even know. Okay, okay, we're getting off topic. Anyway, so water crystals. Now, you can program the water in your body according to the thoughts that you tell yourself, the things that you tell yourself. You can program the water in a pitcher to whatever it is that you would fractally like your life to reflect. You can have that water sit there with those intentions written on it. You can give that water the intention, right? Put your hands on the pitcher, send the water that energy, and then you drink that water. And when you drink the water, the crystals in your body will change. When the crystals in your body change, the way your body and your consciousness reacts to this greater consciousness changes. When your feedback loop between your consciousness and the greater consciousness changes, your construct changes. Water is life. Water is elemental. The new wars will not be fought over oil. They will be fought over water, but not why you think. Because what I'm talking about right now with water, people already know this. Ultimately, water is the way that you can control the masses. And I don't mean just by fluoridating it and making it into poison, although that's a really good start. Because what you're doing is you're taking from it its ability to communicate consciousness you're using something that is a life force as a poison it's actually very smart i mean if you were going to subdue billions of people this would be the way to do it so now let's get into cymatics a lot of people online have been jumping around like monkeys about some videos that have been around for almost 15 years now and people have been talking about cymatics forever so i don't know i think it's like once joe rogan learns about something joe i just found out about cymatics rogan um once this motherfucker finds out about something then all of a sudden it's like it's the first time any like white guy ever heard of this okay everybody relax cymatics have been around for a really long time and all it means is when you produce certain sounds certain shapes are produced by certain sounds and so there is this greater cosmological key if you will uh of of sounds that equal shapes and vice versa shapes that equal sounds so the video that's been going around is someone who's got a speaker plate and they've got some sand on it or some salt and when they play certain frequencies on the speaker plate, the sand arranges itself, self-arranges into certain symbols. What symbols does it arrange into, you may ask? Ah, very nice. Good question. The same symbols that Nassim has discovered that are the structure of the vacuum. The same symbols that the ancients used all over their ancient and holy and royal sites. Everyone has been aware that these sounds make these shapes for a very long time. 
I'm beginning to think that the reason we don't know anything about the pyramids and the reason we don't know anything really basically about fucking anything that apparently everybody knew about before, right, before us is that the Dark Ages that we talk about, the medieval times, the Dark Ages in Europe were much more dark than we realize. There was much more that was torched. There's much more that was hidden. There is much more that has been erased completely from our social memory, if you will. Uh, social amnesia, right? I say this a lot. Gore Vidal calls it social amnesia, but I think this is social amnesia that is, uh, this is a concerted effort. Um, because when you look in the ancient world, these cymatic symbols are so common that they are basically referring to something that it's like people just knew. People knew that this is how this works. How we could have lost the knowledge of something as foundational and fundamental as this sound makes this shape is crazy. It's crazy. Now, what's cool is if you look at the documentary series, which I highly recommend, there's four parts to it, Inner Worlds, Outer Worlds. What they'll show you is time-lapse footage of cornstarch and water uh, and playing tones to water that has been mixed with cornstarch to give it a little bit of body. And what you find, it's so fascinating, is that when you play certain frequencies to the cornstarch water, it begins to behave like it's alive. It begins to self-arrange itself into arteries and branches and moving pieces. And it looks like trees and then it looks like veins. And then it, so it's just uh, expressing that fractal phi ratio again and again and again and again and again within this frequency like so there's a frequency range within the phi ratio and whenever we hit these frequencies because it's the only frequencies we know we create certain shapes out of water out of sand out of any material that we find in this construct now water doesn't need like sand like salt doesn't need you to play a tone to it to arrange in a certain way you can do it just with intentionality that's the difference okay that's the difference so let's circle back for a second to certain shapes make certain sounds certain sounds make certain shapes certain shapes are known like the Merkaba, like the star tetrahedron, like the vector equilibrium, certain shapes are known to produce a pulling in of chi, a pulling in of energy. The Sri Yantra is a very good example of this. Okay? So certain geometric patterns are known to pull the chi in, but also when placed on water to make the crystals within the water phenomenal okay so what we're essentially talking about now is taking these shapes and wearing them wearing them on your body so the water crystals in your body start to react to pulling in all this extra chi that's why you keep hearing people say oh i'm wearing my vector heart um, sweatshirt and everyone keeps telling me how calm I am today and everyone keeps telling me like I've just like had it together all day today and I just seem like I'm just flowing well yeah because the vector heart is like a key 
and it's keeping you in the flow of the larger geometry of the construct that you're in by keeping you in alignment. And how is it keeping you in alignment is that it's keeping your water crystals in alignment. It's keeping the part of you that is consciously interacting with the outside in alignment. So yes, do your thoughts create things? Yes, but your thoughts create things by your thoughts creating your water crystals and your water crystals reacting with the construct and creating the things. There is a missing step here, right? There is a step that has been hidden from us. Like, did you know about the little sea behind the Temple of Solomon? Did you know that the pyramids were basically standing in water back in the day? Did you know that the Sphinx was basically built on water? Like, get into it. There's a lot of this type of shit. You know, I'm telling you, it's been hidden. And the reason it needs to be hidden is because think about how revolutionary and how how revolutionary and how scary it is. Are you telling me with just a few shapes and some water, I could affect real change on this construct? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. I'm telling you that through the utilization of water properly, through the utilization of uh, techniques used to pull in chi like qigong or yoga or fallen or whatever you're doing and the use of geometrical pattern sacred geometry for lack of a better term to keep your water crystals in alignment i am saying much more than just that you can affect the construct i'm saying you can astral travel i'm saying you can be in two places at the same time i'm I, i'm saying you can you can ask for pretty much anything you want and get it i'm saying that when you're in the flow and in alignment Uh, There's not much outside of your grasp because the only things you want are things that the universe is more than happy to provide because you're walking around with this energetic signature, this water crystal signature that when the when the construct checks checks in with you, when the vacuum checks in with you and goes, how you doing? How you doing? Which is happening like second to second to second to second, right? It's feedback between you and the universe and it checks in and it goes, oh, wow, your crystals are like totally on point. Okay, cool. Okay, what do you need? Like you just jump to the front of the line. Okay, what do you need? Okay, I need this. Okay, cool. Here you go. Bye. And then it checks in with you again. It's like, well, you're still there. You're consistently like your water crystals are on point, bro. Yeah. Okay, well, what do you need? Here. Because you're just pulling everything in. And how are you pulling it in? Because the shape that you're wearing, the words that you're wearing are keeping you in a space that makes you receptive. The universe wants to come to you. It wants to give you things because it's same recognizes same. Like attracts like. The universe is abundant and the symbol of its abundance, the shape of it when it is by itself and not fucked with by anything is the vector equilibrium. If you wear the shape of it, that's like a gang sign. You know what I'm saying? Like you walking through South Central and you got on a bunch of blue, like people going to be nice to you, right? People going to be nice to you. So like the universe is like a gang and you wearing gang colors when you wear these sacred geometry shapes and especially when you're wearing the vector and you know, the, the gang leader is like, oh, oh, you one of us? Oh, cool. What you need? I got you. Like we got, we, we like the biggest gang in the world. Like we got everything. You, 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 you flying our colors, you wearing our colors, like we down. Good. Let's go. Let's do this. You see? So... In that same way, I can't believe I just turned the feedback mechanism between the universe and you and your consciousness that Nassim took all this time to figure out and so elegantly, you know, explained. I can't believe I just turned that into a conversation about gangs. But hey, but hey, I'm not I'm not wrong, though. Anyway, um, so once you have yourself in alignment, once you realize what it is that certain music 
certain emotions, certain energy, certain vibe is doing to your water crystals that you have to walk around with. You got to walk around with the aftermath of the construct and how it looks because of how your crystals are behaving. Once you get cognizant of this, you start looking at everybody funny. Like people come near you. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, people have been this way with me since I was a kid. They just be like, she's too picky. She doesn't want to be around anybody. You're right. I don't. You're absolutely fucking right. And ever since I was a little kid, I would just look people right in their face and be like, you're right. And I'm not going. And they'd be like, damn, but what's wrong with you? Why can't you just give people a chance? No, I don't need to give that bitch a chance. I know exactly what that bitch is about. Her fucking water crystals are screaming from across the fucking room trying to fucking infect me with her bullshit. No, I don't want to be around her. I would say that all the time as a kid. I don't want to be around him. I don't want to be around her. I don't want to be. And people would be like, damn, can't you just like smile and be a little kid and just like take one for the team? No, I can't. And I'm not fucking smiling either. Fuck you. I stopped smiling as a kid. People tell me all the time. Oh, my God, you have such a beautiful smile. Smile, smile, smile. No, fuck you. No. But it's the water crystal thing. It's because because when you're really, really like little kids are really in touch with this little kids, their consciousness, their water interplay, their water crystal interplay is written all over their faces. You can see it and they know when they're in the presence of somebody whose fucking consciousness is off. They fucking know it. They can feel it because their body starts to react to it. And I've always been the same way. And thank God, like Alhamdulillah, I've never lost it. I still have that sense. Right. And I think this is the other reason when you're highly in alignment, if you're wearing your vector stuff or if you find other sacred geometry stuff or, for example, like the one I used to do for Baba, every moment is sacred, every place is holy. When you wear stuff like this and you're in alignment and your crystals are just like beaming, beautiful, there's a lot of things that start to happen. Abundance, symmetry, beauty, relationships, love, everything is you become a magnet for so many things. One of the things you become a huge magnet for is kids and animals. Kids and animals will seek you out and be like, Sub Holmes, like you see me, don't you? And I'm like, Yeah, I see you. And they're like, Yeah, nobody sees me. And I'm like, Nah, I see you, fam. Like, kids are always saying that to me. Kid, little kids are always saying to me nobody talks to me like you talk to me and i'm like because i'm talking to you like you're a person like i'm not trying to talk to you like you're a kid my kid asked me something the other day and he was like is that okay and i was like what do you mean is that i'm not gonna judge you i'm not gonna judge you yeah it's fine like you don't even need to ask me like that like i'm never gonna judge you and i and i said to him i'm like looking at him on facetime i'm like baba i'm never gonna judge you and the relief that came over this child's face a kid that's about to go through puberty think about it That's exactly what you want from the maternal, like the mother in your life, the maternal figure in your life, the woman who becomes the template for what you like about women, whether you're gay, straight or whatever, just like how you appreciate women. That person at a very pivotal point in your life is saying to you, I'm never going to judge you. I'm not I'm never going to be that person or that energy in your life. Think about the water crystals. Think about how his water crystals reacted to that. Think about how the consciousness that is the water in your body and the way it's charged gets attached to other people because of the way they make your crystals look and feel. You see how this is all related? I could palpably feel the relief in his little body. The relief of, oh, thank God, I I'm not going to be judged. <laughs> I, I, I can develop 
in all these different ways and take all the risks I want to take in every different direction. And no matter what, there is at least this one person who will always have my back and accept what I do. Well, think about it on a consciousness level, how that opens a kid up to be able to do whatever they need to do. What it, what it is, is sinking the roots really deep. And so the tree is free to climb as high as it can and be as tall as it can be because the roots are deep. So in the same way, your water crystals, this base consciousness that you have control over by the words you say to yourself, just like the words you put on the fucking picture, make no mistake. If you think that the words on the picture are more powerful than the words you're saying in your fucking head, you're out of your mind. It's like that experiment times a fucking million is what's going on in your head and what's going on in your body. You see what I'm saying? So you, you now become, you have control over this process within you. You have control over how your crystals form and react and react to the people around you and bond with the people around you. And if you go through and you look at the work, it's very objective, you know? This is, this is why I fuck with Hume. It's very objective. Like aesthetic, beauty, all of this thing. You know, we like to say it's subjective. Uh, yeah, okay. Not so much. Certain things objectively are very, very, very beautiful. And if you go through and you look at Emoto's work, what you will find is that certain states of being are just much more beautiful, much more symmetrical, much prettier to look at than other states. Now, in the Taoism of it all, do we need all of the negative and the positive? Yes, of course, we need all of it. And we know we need all of it. However, just because this thing needs to be balanced out doesn't mean you have to be the agent to balance it out. Let the Tao do what the Tao does. And you stay in your positive alignment and you use the tools like sacred geometry, like writing things on your water uh, pitcher, like blessing your water, like charging your water. Use these things as the medicine that they are. This is what finally got me to understand what homeopathy is all about. It's about charging the water in your body with certain things, therefore changing the entire makeup of the water in your body. That's what's going on. Okay, this is where you get energy healing from. This is where you get shape and color healing from. This is where all of this stuff stems from. Okay, so this is a really brief introduction because honestly, the topic is huge and there's so many different avenues we can go down. And I'm sure you've already thought of a million ways how this applies to your particular culture or your particular customs or things you've heard about or things you know about. So I am by no means saying that this is the end all be all, you know, uh, the best compendium of facts on consciousness and water I I just feel that that particular one piece is something that I haven't heard before all the rest of it I've heard before but this idea of it being the conduit through which we communicate with the the, the vacuum with the structure of space-time that I haven't heard before and I feel that it just it's a reality it's a, it's a fact I keep running into over and over again right uh so that's us. Uh, that's water crystals. Thank you guys for being so kind about uh, the last couple of podcasts. It was just like a really weird time. I think Gemini's were going through the shit. And uh, as a Cancer rising, the ascent 
to new levels and new heights is dizzying, (laughs) to say the least. So it has been an interesting mix of highs and lows, mainly highs, uh, and then some interesting tower moments that weren't necessarily lows, but needed to be expressed. So thank you again for being so kind and so understanding. And I'm glad that you were able to relate. I'm glad that it makes sense to you. I'm glad that uh, although a lot of you were surprised, I'm glad that you realize that I am in fact absolutely and completely human and very vulnerable, just like all of the rest of you. And that, of course, I have flaws and make mistakes and have fallen on my face several times. I think I've been very open about that, actually. And uh, I actually revel in making mistakes because uh, I don't like people who pretend that they don't make mistakes. (laughs) I don't trust people who pretend to be perfect uh, just because it's such a fallacy. There's no such thing. So as soon as you run across someone who's acting that way, um, who knows what else they're lying about, right? So... Although I like to present a perfect product uh, in the capacity of the work that I do, I do not profess to be perfect in any other arena of my life. But I do absolutely believe that in your work, whatever your work may be, you should do it with perfection. Uh, And in your aesthetic, whatever your aesthetic may be, uh, although... Uh, however questionable I may find it, you should do it to its perfection. That I do believe. But as far as coming, uh, when it comes to life and relationships and love and interpersonal relationships and uh, yeah, all those things, uh, of course, there is no such thing as perfection. Of course, there should not even be a striving towards perfection. Uh, Relationships are anything but perfection. (laughs) They are a way to expose that about you which isn't perfect and perhaps with the help of another person and love that the two of you have to evolve faster than you would have alone. And that process uh, inherently implies mistakes and heartache and uh, confusion and pain and all the rest of it. So uh, no, No, of course I'm not immune to that. I would be a liar and crazy if I said that I was. No one is immune to that. And thank God that I'm not immune to it because how else would I have learned all the things that I've learned so far and all the things that I have yet to learn. Uh, So take that as the inspo that you may need at this time. Uh, (laughs) Love is grand. Love is great. Relationships can be real fucked up or the best thing ever. Uh, regardless of how many times we fall down, we get back up and we look great doing it. And we remember that at the end of the day, no matter how great a relationship, how intense, how sexual, how passionate, how wonderful, how lame, how abusive, how awful it was, it does not change the central and most important fact that you are fucking amazing, that you are loved, that you are incredibly important and essential to the well-being of this entire construct in which we find ourselves, that you are included, that you are part of a much bigger family that cares for you, loves you, looks out for you. And by that, I mean the universe and fractally down onto us, the revolution. You are loved. You are cared for. You are part of a collective. And so with that, I'll wrap this up. The implications, like I said, of this are so far reaching that we could talk about it for hours. But I think this is a great way to end it. And from here, we'll jump off into different related topics 
and uh, yeah, and get into some real crazy stuff. Now that we've opened this door, there's a lot of stuff past this door I'd love to talk about. (laughs) So let's get into it. Shout out everybody in the Rev fam. What the fuck is up with you guys? You guys are on fire, bruh. You guys are lit, bruh. You guys are lit. Uh, I'll see you guys in Miami in June. I'll be in London in March. We're doing an event in Copenhagen as well in March or in April. I forget. We'll figure it out. We got LA coming up at the end of February. We got Oakland March 2nd. I'm thinking about Houston. Uh, If we can fit the dates in, I'll keep you posted on that. Shout out everybody, man. Shout out the revolution. Y'all are amazing. I love you so much. Sorry it's a little bit late. And uh, I'll hit you back next week. Bye.